Am I live? I think I'm live. Oh, yeah. I think I'm live. This is good. Hopefully, whatever shirt I was wearing last week is not this one, because I'm not entirely sure that I remember what I was wearing last week. And I don't really watch the podcast after we do them. Um, hello, is anyone out there? Uh, yes. Oh, hey. All right, cool. Yes. I am uh, live with a Nick and You podcast just for the first half hour because Brian is busy right now taking a shower and getting his dinner started. Otherwise, he's going to be eating at crazy Puerto Rican hours like I do, you know. So uh, welcome to the RCR podcast. This is number 44. Hello, everyone. I've been uh, looking forward to seeing you guys again. And uh, basically, I am here to talk about my week because it was a very weird uh, week in the general sense. Uh, Okay, so I went to this place uh, over the weekend. Well, first of all, let me just preface this by saying that I was invited by my friend Duncan, uh, whose uh, Kia we did... A while back, might have been a year ago, I'm not entirely sure, and I'm not, I don't even remember what friggin' model of Kia we did, but basically he's a photographer in addition to all the other various hats he wears, and so he's the one who reminded me that upcoming this past weekend was the Durier Hill Climb in Reading, Pennsylvania, so I wasn't doing anything, and so I told him I would go out there and meet him. And once I got out there, I tried to, yes, the Spectra, it was the Kia Spectra. Thank you. Sorry. I brain fart when I'm live here, uh, just because it's the first time I'm doing this solo. So, uh, basically I went out and, uh, met Duncan there. And as I got there, well, first of all, Reading, Pennsylvania basically has no parking, which is problematic in its own way, but, Anywhere that you can find a park, I mean, you're either parking on a major incline or a, or a, you know, obnoxious decline. It's just, you're always going to have to have your parking brake on either way. But ultimately, I uh, went there to meet him and um, I will have to read what ended up happening from the following post that I made about it because... It was almost something that I kind of had to write about, and it had nothing to do with being at the show, really, because once I got there, I realized I couldn't make a video out of it because the pits were too loud, uh, the lighting was all bad, because we're in a place where there is almost like a canopy of trees, it's like a green ceiling, it's wild, Uh, but... Once I got there, I was basically unintentionally involved in a high-speed chase. Uh, Like, I wasn't the one doing the running, but basically I got there and I got cut off by this dude in a skull mask riding an ATV. And all of a sudden, that guy in the skull mask was suddenly followed by six or seven other dudes on, like, dirt bikes, or or sport bikes, basically. Um, And they were all zooming around, and all of a sudden, I was, like, encircled by these people who were had this look in their eye of like malicious intent. And so I'm not entirely sure if it's about me or they're going to do something to me. And, uh, and I was more confused than scared actually, because I had like a coffee in my hand and I had my GoPro in the other hand. And I was just like, like, 
if I if I got like beat up or robbed right now, that would be such an inconvenience to me. Um, but it's just strange. Basically, here is the post that I made that kind of explains what happened in a more succinct way than me just doing blah, blah, blah. Oh, I never, uh, I guess I didn't um, uh, explain where Mr. Regular is, but he's off uh, taking a shower and getting his dinner started. Oh, wait, no, I did explain that, but I forget sort of things that I say because, I, I don't know, maybe it's part of getting old, maybe it's just I'm not good at this, so... Anyway, this is story time with the Roman, my Saturday at the Durier Hill Climb. So I arrive late to the Durier Hill Climb, and as I work my way up the obnoxiously strenuous incline towards the pits, I'm suddenly surrounded by a group of eight dudes in skull masks riding ATVs and sports bikes. The men circle me, and I'm more confused than scared to be honest. Turns out, it had nothing to do with me. They were fleeing from a police cruiser who was tearing ass after these dudes as they kicked up dirt and left deep depressions in the soft earth around City Park. They weren't circling around me on purpose. They were just hanging a U-turn once they saw the cruiser roaring ass down the boulevard. The officer picked the leader on his ATV and gave chase through the crowded lot as the group collectively whooped, hollered, and revved. The officer radioed for assistance and gave chase up the incline, finding himself embroiled in a hill climb of his own. The collective orchestra of fart can exhaust sounded like the evacuated bowels of a dying dragon. The sound receded into the distance, going, going, gone. As I entered the pits, a group of competitors and spectators were still talking about what they just witnessed. Somehow, it had overtaken the Durier Hill Climb itself as the topic they were likely to talk about over a hasty dinner of Angus Burgers and new Yingling Gold, which I still haven't tried, but whatever. Uh, a man who looked like great value Dale Earnhardt loudly proclaimed, This is why those people get shot! A woman nearby, voice like nails on a rusty catalytic converter, rejoined, Yeah, and then it's all the police's fault! They seemed surprised by the yeah. They seemed surprised by the degeneracy, and I wonder if they've ever been to Reading before, a Gotham where the murders of Thomas and Martha Wayne give birth to nothing, only skull masks, Taylor Swift, and the vague hope that maybe it'll someday get better, even if that day is not today. The end. But yeah, I, it kind of seems like a bigger deal than it actually would have been, but it was strange in the sense that. Um, it wasn't until I was a decent, a decent amount of time later that I felt kind of rattled by it. So, uh, but it came and went and I realized that that's kind of how my anxiety has gotten a bit better over time in the, in that I can't really like back in the day, if that had happened to me, um, I would have like dropped the coffee, dropped the GoPro. I would have been frozen in silence instead of having this reaction of annoyance that it was inconveniencing my day because I already hate going up inclines because as, for as much cardio as I do now, I still hate doing cardio, which is the thing. I don't know that I'll ever get to a point where I like doing, uh, cardio at all. Uh, but yeah. That was kind of a strange thing for me. This is also the last week that I uh, get to hang out with my nephew uh, before he goes back to school. So 
uh, we've just been shooting videos for our personal YouTube channel uh, called Limited Time Roman, and where we review limited edition foods and basically go around and do foolish things. Uh, it's just a random kind of thing, but hey, check it out if you like it. I did a vlog on the channel last week that uh, got a couple comments on it about... Uh, it's It was basically a vlog about how to deal with getting ghosted, and I basically didn't really uh, think about the effect that it kind of has on the psyche when it initially happens, but also how it just basically is not as big of a deal as the mind wants to make it. So I don't know that that's something to check out if you're into checking those things out. But I think my issue uh, today that made today kind of a weird day for me was after I dropped my nephew off, I was driving home and I passed uh, the cemetery where my grandmother is buried uh, and she's right next to my cousin who died in 2003 when he was killed by a drunk driver and um, I and I mentioned this in my New Zealand journal about basically how my grandmother passed away while we were over in New Zealand and we were really close uh, I was, I would see her like almost every other day. So, um, and I would like take her lunch or I would, you know, make tea at her place. And so losing her was really hard and not being there was even harder, but I just wanted to kind of have my family's forgiveness for not being there. And I realized that they did understand like, Hey, he's working. Hey, he can't just grab a ticket and take it back. But, um, my thing is that when I got back from New Zealand, I never went to go visit the grave site because I needed to sort of build up to it because the entire month of January was terrible, you know, between, well, but I talk about it in that diary, but I don't need to go over it again here. But needless to say, like I lost a friend, uh, to my stupidity. I lost another friend to, uh, an overdose and, then I lost my grandmother and that was a really hard couple of weeks. And what sucks about it is that I think I had convinced myself that I had processed all of these things. And so when I was driving by the cemetery, I made the impulsive decision that I was going to turn over and just, you know, visit. Basically, I didn't have any flowers with me or anything, but, uh, oh, uh, Andrew Oliver, uh, Gormless is basically, um, awkward, but Gormless is basically me. Um, it, it's British slang, uh, from over a hundred years ago where it basically means awkward, but in a stupid way or in a way that's conflated with stupidity. But over time, the stupidity portion of it has been dropped in favor of just meaning awkward. So gormless and charming is kind of like a phrase that I use to sort of describe awkward people. Uh, but anyway, I went and found the, the, the site. Because I knew she was next to my cousin, and granted, I hadn't like visited my cousin's gravesite, uh, but ultimately, 
if I see a place once, I'm pretty sure I can get right back to exactly where the spot is years and years later. I mean, my own father's grave site, I would never, I would very rarely visit, but I always knew, even though I was like only six, when it happened, when I got older and was a teenager and started to go visit or to try anyway, I knew exactly where it was. And here, I had trouble finding it and I was about to give up because I was basically looking for fresh earth because in my mind it hasn't been eight months, you know, and it has been, but for whatever reason, I haven't really processed the passage of time. And so when I got, when I was about to leave, that's when I saw it and I saw her name on there and then it all becomes vivid and clear and... I think I was okay until I realized that grass had grown over the the spot. Um, I felt like a bad gra- grandson in that moment um, because like I let grass grow over the plot before I visited. And um, I don't know, it was hard. And I had a long talk there. And I know that's... That's a really cliche thing to do, you know, that's almost like the kind of shit they do in movies, but I I sat down and I just sort of had this talk with my grandmother that I was sorry and that I missed her and that I loved her and I came to that place where like I don't like I needed to visit not necessarily to pay my respects but to be able to process it because i think um like i cried in new zealand i cried when i got home and then i didn't cry again um and so i just had to like go sit there and talk until like i it sort of came out and whatever was left it's like a juicer, you know, you're trying to get the last bit of juice out and that pain is always going to be there. Like there's always going to be juice, but I can't bottle it up anymore. You know, there are so many things on a given, there's so many things from that month that I'm hurting about, but, and so many things that I dream about that I have those dreams about, um, that are almost, and they're not nightmares. You know, I think about, you know, my friend, I, both my friends. And I think about the things that I've lost and some of it's my fault and a lot of it isn't, but it's being able to accept that there are things that happen beyond your control and that all you can do is kind of keep fighting. You know, uh, it's getting through the day because getting through the day means you get to keep having days, you know? Not giving up means that you get to keep visiting your grandmother's site and working through whatever your own damage is. And so I came out of it on the other side feeling a lot better, even though I had, you know, shed tears and um, had spoken my peace. And I talked to my cousin, too, even though he and I, we fought all the time, um, like both verbally, but also physically. And... We didn't get along that great, but that doesn't mean, you know, you don't love the guy. And 
he was a huge part of my childhood. And so I'm like, we were both kids, you know, figuring things out in the world and then you pass. But I'd like to think that, you know, even though you didn't get to see me become a man, that part of the reason I feel like I'm as good of a man as I am is because of you, because I had that great childhood that I can look back on that was helping to formulate this weird, wonderful person that I've become. And I f felt like I owed him a debt of gratitude. And it's hard to kind of think of it in terms of people that you've lost, but I don't know, man, you can't let the loss be the only thing that you remember. So that was my day. And then uh, as I was driving home, it started to rain and I had to listen to something. Uh, and the thing that I started to listen to, I put on Spotify and I have three different versions of You've Lost That Loving Feeling by the Righteous Brothers. And they're all stacked up with each other um, right after Heat of the Moment by Asia. Um, I never meant to be so bad to you. It's just, all I want to do is kind of like, want to clap along with the, now remember when we used to dance, but, oh, yeah, sorry for peeking, but yeah, I started listening to all three versions of You've Lost That Loving Feeling, and for whatever reason, it actually put me in a really good mood. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is about that song. Maybe it's just like thinking about Top Gun, although I don't associate it with Top Gun. I associate it with my favorite scene from a season of Survivor, which was season six in the Amazon, where the men's tribe basically break into song about that or, or break into that song. And for some reason, like that always stuck with me as like one of those television moments that really seared its way into my uh, brain. But uh, yeah. I've decided that of the versions of You've Lost That Loving Feeling that I have, that I essentially can't decide which one is my favorite because you've got the Elvis version, you've got the Hall & Oates version, and you've got the original, and they're each great in their own different separate ways. Uh, I mean, part of it is that I've been on a huge Elvis kick ever since I watched The Searchers, that HBO documentary. This is a two-parter about elvis and that was in a fascinating look at like the man and his artistry and his musicianship that's why like elvis is one of the people that i talk about when i was writing the whole intertextuality spiel uh because i feel like there's so much intertextuality embodied in elvis himself because so much of his persona is an amalgamation of those musicians who came before him but also so many musicians who came after him are like this weird amalgamation of Elvis. And that's what's uh, fantastic about it. And what I find interesting about Elvis uh, and all that other, it's, I don't know. It's just, I like listening to the King. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, big uh, weekend at the movies in the sense that, okay, so I'm not a romantic comedy guy, like in the least, but uh, my mother, oh, let, let me answer real quick. Colt 45, uh, Tracklist Bro 2 is not in production, but I want to sort of record something new at some point. Um, 
I, I was talking to Brian about uh, having him feature on an upcoming track with his, uh, you know, drums. Sorry, electronic drums, because I'm brain farting today. Uh, and that would be great, you know. Uh, but I don't really think... It, I, I feel like so much of the emotions that I need to get out, I, I would be able to get out in song or that I should be trying to get out in song. But the issue is largely that I have been in such a mind frame of writing music for comedy that I almost wouldn't know how to write a song being serious. Like Oi from Trackless Bro is pretty much the closest I've come to writing like a real serious song. Although I guess like different kinds of stars, like last year's Christmas song was kind of serious. And, um, oh, and Drifting in the Snow, which was the year before that, was kind of serious. But other than that, it's kind of hard to really write a serious song without having a sort of undercutting of satire, you know? Like, um, Inside of You, which is on Trackless Bro, is like the end. It's written as though it's an end of the relationship song, but really it's about letting go of your first car that you love. And, you know, yeah, it's writing songs is hard when you're trying to put an authentic painful part of you into it that's why like i can't write songs about you know women that i've like split with that i can't write about like my grandmother's passing because it's all too real but then i realize the realness is what makes art in a way but i would just as soon do a a diary entry you know or a diary video about it than to write a song about it but long story short like there are other things that i would like to write for um like musically and maybe some of it would trend towards the more serious i would just have to get into a different headspace because my headspace has very much been in that weird al bo burnham comedy musician space and that's always been easier uh for me um but I went to the movies this weekend, big surprise, uh, and I saw Crazy Rich Asians, which is a romantic comedy. Uh, it's a bog-standard romantic comedy, but see, here's the thing, is that for as standard a comedy as Crazy Rich Asians is, its production design is so vivid and sumptuous that I could almost, like taste the food in the marketplace on the screen like it's such a well made movie you know it doesn't reinvent the wheel with its script as a matter of fact i think the script is probably the worst part about it or the weakest part about it i shouldn't say worse because i actually really like the movie um i also oh hey tony airlines nice to see ya good to see you here um but i think one of the things that i found to be difficult about it is how much exposition it sort of just dumps on top of you at the beginning but then it's very much a sort of um average uh sort of romantic comedy setup it's a fish out of water story but i think you know the music is interesting uh the production design is absolutely gorgeous for crazy rich asians uh to the point where i could see it being nominated for an oscar for production design you know the everything is so lavish everything is so 
you know, the costume design is exquisite. There is a wedding scene in this movie that I promise you, it's going to be really fun to see people try to recreate this wedding for their own nuptials without having the $30 million budget that this movie had. Because there's no way that you can do the wedding that they did on a budget, but I know people are going to try because that's it, the oohs and ahs that it got in my packed theater pretty much tell the whole story, I think. Uh, but yeah. Um, other, uh, no, Jonathan, I have not seen the Meg. Um, I might catch a matinee at some point this weekend. Maybe I'm not entirely sure. Um, I don't normally do, uh, the animal disaster movies, but it's, uh, it looks like a fun one and it's gotten decent reviews to the point where, well, decent reviews in the sense that like, if you know what you're there to see, then that's what you're going to see. Um, and you'll be satisfied with that. But, uh, ultimately crazy rich Asians. I think it's production design deserves to be seen on the big screen. Um, you will feel things even if you don't want to, you know, I think it's hard to come out of this movie without being at least a little bit in love with constant Wu or Constance Wu, who is just so beguiling in this movie. Uh, not just like visually, but I mean like in terms of the way she portrays her character, because this could have been just a more typical, my big fat Greek wedding type of story, which I love my big fat Greek wedding. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it could have just been another one of those, oh, my family doesn't accept the new person that I want to be in love with, blah, blah, blah. And I almost feel like she elevates it with her performance, but uh, ultimately, yeah, go support diversity on the big screen because this is huge for representation. I don't even care that it's uh, not, you know, Latinos because Lord knows it's like, I don't even look Latino. So uh, I think just all diversity on the big screen it's just a, a rising tide lifts all ships so that's great and um i've not seen slender man uh jsb uh but to carcane i have seen won't you be my neighbor so that was a really wonderful documentary that i felt captured the spirit of fred rogers and that if we were ever in a position where humanity had to nominate one person living or dead to show the aliens why humans shouldn't be destroyed <laughs> it, it would be fred rogers uh we didn't deserve fred rogers uh he he was a man he was a i'm not gonna say like he was the perfect guy the documentary explains that he had his own um he struggles with self-doubt and that you know, uh, maybe he wasn't always the perfect guy. Maybe he wasn't always as understanding to his fellow man, but that he eventually came around, you know, it's one of the best films of the year. And I would go see, don't you see, don't, won't you be my neighbor? Um, I was just talking with Brian <laughs> about possibly doing a Mr. Rogers type thing for uh, a non sequitur in a video of just kind of Mr. Regular's neighborhood, but I'm not even sorry. I'm not even sure what, uh, you know, the different things that are part of his entrance would be, you know, cause Mr. Rogers, he, you know, switches out his shoes and, uh, Don't you crash. and, oh, <laughs> there we go. 
and also uh you know feeds his fish and all that other stuff but yeah um let's see what uh else is here thoughts on the upcoming season of sunny in philadelphia um i am kind of uh it's one of those shows that could go on indefinitely and i don't mind um i would have minded if uh glenn howerton weren't coming back but apparently he will be back for most of the episodes like obviously he's going to be missing for some of them but that's true of like almost any season where you're going to get episodes that are focused mainly on frank or mainly on different combinations of characters that's just how you keep a show from getting stale after a while uh but yeah Mm. uh other things i was kind of uh in this uh i was basically on the uh forum uh for the mcu or like the subreddit for it there were a lot of people who were going over of like oh well what if they bring the fantastic four into the marvel cinematic universe and blah 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 and my thing is that the mar the fantastic four are so inherently uh corny that you almost have to set it in the 1960s but then you end up with yet another like time shifted marvel property where you have to explain why this team from the or this hero from the past is suddenly in our present uh they had the excuse with captain america i'm sure they'll find an excuse with captain marvel but i don't really know how you do it with a fantastic four unless you sort of go through like some kind of they fly through some kind of time vortex but um the long and short of it is that my dream cast for the fantastic four it would be uh John Krasinski as Reed Richards, uh, his real life wife, Emily Blunt as Sue Storm or the Invisible Woman. Uh, um, Ans- uh, no, uh, either Ansel Elgort from Baby Driver for uh, Johnny Storm or uh, Taron Egerton uh, from the Kingsman movies as uh, Johnny Storm. And then, uh, dude, I would just go with John Cena for Ben Grimm because at this point, why not? Like... <laughs> it's just whatever and then uh for dr doom i mean mads mickelson has already been in the mcu so he i would go with like i don't know alexander skarsgård or somebody like that but yeah i'm sure that's something everyone was dying to hear my opinions on for absolutely no reason but uh yeah uh pack c fortnite i don't uh play fortnite but my nephew is absolutely obsessed with it and uh always doing the dances and you know always i I don't know he's obsessed with the game and i i don't really know what separates fortnite from PUBG, if you know what i mean i i mean i don't necessarily get because aren't they all sort of based around the same central concept that it's a battle royal that you're dropped into in the middle of nowhere with like 80 other people and then it's basically last man standing like isn't it basically the same concept except one has semi-realistic graphics and the other one is cartoonish like i i don't know um it's a strange thing let me just scroll through here and see if there were any questions because i got so lost in my story that uh, my various stories that uh i kind of lost track of the live stream although this isn't super chat we will be back a bit later with um super chat 
in we're going to take like a 15 minute break after I'm done so that I could upload this to the shout engine and Brian can enjoy his dinner and then we can come back fresh and you guys can actually ask us, you know, questions about things you actually want to know about like cars because eh, yeah, but um, I don't know. It's uh, kind of a weird podcast, I suppose. Oh, okay. So I went to the gym and the weirdest thing oh hey it's mr r uh in the house nothing like alcohol on an empty stomach oh hey i'm drinking a macchiato right now at at what 9 p.m uh because it's gonna be up to like three yeah well i was up till three last night anyway watching the new season of marvel's luke cage um which you know uh bulletproof man living in harlem um which it's Got a very renewed. Sim- yeah. This is season two. Yeah, this is season two. And um, it's a big break. Yeah. Big between the seasons. Yeah. Well, it's a year, uh, more or less. Oh, it was only a year? Huh. Uh, my, I, actually, I think it was a year and a half now that I think of it. Mm. Um, but also, uh, yes, uh, Hourly B. I have heard about the Ford versus Ferrari movie in production. I'm really excited about it because I feel like it's actually going to get a sort of serious hollywood biopic look you get um i think oh man who's playing carol shelby i forget i want to say it's christian bale because i know he's in it but i'm not entirely sure but one of my favorite actors john bernthal which ties into the netflix mcu because he's the punisher is going to be okay. playing lee iacocca which right. is he just doesn't delightful look anything like doesn't him. look a single loving thing like him even as a young iacocca but maybe if they do prosthetics who knows Right, because Lee Iacocca had a round face. Yeah, very round not face. Chiseled. Yeah, it's not. Except maybe his chin is a little like you know. There's a a, a good hunk of chin there of okay. like man chin. Um, but it's he's not doing the whole Franklin Roosevelt like he's not rocking the FDR chin. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that movie. I'm also looking forward to Driven, the um uh John DeLorean movie with Lee Pace and uh jason sudeikis and it's like that looks really interesting and i don't remember if it's coming out this year or not but it's something to look forward to um i also uh rented deadpool 2 which i think has the greatest opening credit sequence of any movie that i've seen because basically it's a very uh uh emotional movie strangely enough like i wasn't expecting to maybe get a little choked up while i was watching deadpool 2 it's weird it's such a good movie but the opening credit sequence they're trying to do the big grand epic celine dion thing of they bring in they get an original song and uh they bring in celine dion to sing it and then they do these bond style opening credits for deadpool oh yeah but the song which is called ashes is an an unironically excellent song and it's played straight like the song is played straight it's the credits that are you know yeah it's the juxtaposition between the seriousness of the song and the proceeding and the moment that precedes those opening credits with go check on my chicken the weirdness of deadpool you know sort of taking the flash dance uh shower with bullets uh but yeah it's it's just a very it's it's a great great movie um which is funny because i I had watched it and then the next day I, I basically put the whole soundtrack on my Spotify. I, well, that's not really funny, but, or weird or strange or anything, but 
um, I was listening to it while I was doing a lot of my writing and I took a brief break from writing to watch SummerSlam this past Sunday because, uh, I don't know, I'm a glutton for punishment and I had to catch up on NXT from the night before because takeovers are always good. NXT takeovers never disappoint ever. Um, but yes, I, I'll stop talking about pro wrestling now. Oh, oh, uh, the, the green toes are because these are jump socks from the trampoline park that I take my nephew to. So we went trampolining today and basically you can't enter unless you have the jump socks. So, you know, it's like an extra $2 on top of the entry and then you get to keep them. So whatever. But I re didn't realize till I got here that I never took the socks off. Like my other pair of socks are still in the car. So man, it's whatever. But, um, Nick, uh, Alex Pelk, Nick advice, please moving to an apartment to go to pit first time living away from home. Any advice for living on your own or college in general? Love you guys. Um, enjoy it. <laughs> Cause I think part of living alone, um, and even when I lived with other people, I was living alone. I was very much a uh, person who enjoyed his solitude and didn't really like being disturbed. And I think one of the benefits of living alone, um, I mean, I don't even live alone now. I have a roommate, but the whole living alone part that I miss about it is just being able to like walk around your house naked, you know, <laughs> or, or just, uh, you know, just enjoy things, enjoy exploration, uh, of the freedom of being away from home and being on your own and realizing that now you, uh, have to rely on yourself in a way or get used to the idea of relying on yourself. Let that be something that guides you moving forward. The, I mean, you will stumble and you will fall, but eventually you'll be better off for the experience. You know, you'll enjoy your day in the sun known as adulthood. That is a struggle for all of us every single day, but Hey, we fight through it because we're grownups and that's what grownups do. And college is, probably going to be one of the best experiences of your life if it's if my experience was any indication which i don't even know if my experience was really even par for the course for anyone else but i had a really great time made a lot of great friends learned a lot of really interesting shit and so i wouldn't trade those years for the world and i hope you do great at pit and best of luck to you yeah best but, of luck yeah uh well, my my dinner is almost done all right you uh, about ready to super chat it up yep we'll take a little break uh i have to go reset and turn super chat on and, and we'll be... oh i was just gonna say i'm gonna set up the uh put this on uh the shout engine ah, page crap so oh oh i'll i'll grab it from youtube later then sorry nick uh, oh don't worry about it i have no problem doing this because i'm go uh, gonna be like well obviously with a macchiato i'm not going to sleep when i get home anyway but uh just a heads up that there might be like a one day delay just because you know it's i 
because I said so. I don't mm-hmm. know. But thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I know this is uh, outside the standard podcast format, but it meant a lot that anybody was willing to listen. And that's it's just great to be able to talk to you guys. So we will be back in, I don't know, let's just say like five, ten minutes. Yep. And uh, stay right here on the channel. Once we go live, you'll get the notification and Super Chat will be on and you can ask us anything.